This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 102. Hey, Cammie, what do you think of me? Hey, I was going to ask you the same thing. Hmm, I think we have some work to do. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So I think a lot of times we are worried about what other people think of us. It's a real big problem, I think, for people that are entrepreneurs out there, putting themselves out there. I know it's been a problem for me. And so we're going to talk about some of the ways that if you spend all your time trying to please your peers, it's going to leave you broke. It will. And and you know the first way is really that your peers... They usually aren't your customer, are they, Madeline? That is very true. Many times they're not your customer. So you got to make sure you're thinking about that and get in that mindset. It's really important. Yeah, it's a big mindset thing. And you may be very close to a group of your peers and worry what they might think of you as you put yourself out there. I think that's a real common fear. And in fact, that kept me stuck for years because I heard them talking about other people and I thought they were going to talk to them about me that way as well. And so I was really worried about that. I was worried that if I kind of went after what I wanted to do and was real public about it, that I would kind of get the same criticism that I heard them kind of heap on other people. Now, you don't want to be scammy or smarmy in your marketing for sure. But the message that you have is for your online community, your paid customers, not your tribe of friends. So, so important. I love that you said smarmy because you know where we get that from. Our good I friend do. Kirsten Oliphant, we just love her and love how she talks about, you know, not being smarmy. We even have an episode with her talking about that. Yeah, actually, we'll, we'll actually throw that in there because you can be smarmy and scammy. There's no doubt about it. Um, yes. I've heard people do it and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But it's really important to understand that when you're going out there to talk to your ideal customer, you need to test your messages with those paying customers. You know, you need to look at those people that are probably going to buy from you and not with your well-meaning friends necessarily. Don't ask your mom, your brother, your best friend next door, or even like your close peers in your industry. So if you do have peers in your industry, they may make great partners and they may refer business to you, but only if they understand what you actually do. You have to be very strategic about it. I know that a lot of my business associates, they uh, refer business to me of people that don't fit their business profile, don't fit, fit their customer profile. So you want to be real clear about that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But first, I want you to talk about popularity. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, popularity or, or likability does not pay your bills. Am I right or am I right? You know, <laughs> some people think that it can or they, they see other people out there doing what they want to be doing. And they're like, I can do that too. and and 
being likable is great and all, but that's not going to necessarily pay the bills, that and popularity. So yeah, it's still important to cultivate relationships with peers because it can have a direct or, or at times an indirect effect on your income. So it's really important to be thinking about that. However, just having friends and followers without a clear product or message will only get you goodwill and not the customers you need to thrive. So, you know, we see other people in our industry doing that, right, Cammie? Like, and, and that's okay. I mean, they're out there doing great things, goodwill, you know, but is it going to pay the bills? Sometimes it will. Sometimes it'll just get you broke. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to say that I've always been great at this. You know, I like to have well, my either. work speak for itself, for sure. Yes. And I remember actually talking to a pretty popular influencer a while back, and he remembered one of the campaigns that I did, but he didn't know it was me who did it. So to me, that was like a disconnect. You know, like, why is it that they understand my work? My work is out there and being talked about. And that's sort of when I started to change. That was about 10 years ago now. I started to change and say, you know, I need to get out there more and and let people know that you know this is my work. And I guess that is because I come from a PR background. And one of the things that we kind of did back in the PR days is that, you know, you had to be behind the scenes, you had to be behind the curtain, you had to be the wizard, you know, or in the Wizard of Oz, you know, you had to be the guy behind the curtain pulling the strings. And it was a point of professional pride for you not to be part of the story. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, it would get out there and you wouldn't be a part of that story. So I think that sort of still remains, especially for people in that are in public relations. But I think in general, it does that feeling of you want to hide behind things so that you don't put yourself out there for that criticism and and that that issue, right? It's so easy to fall into that. You know, when I started my online music community, and I mind you, this was 1996. It was a long time ago. The internet was kind of a new thing back then. When I first launched that, I didn't have my name or my picture associated with that website for the first few years because I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was just kind of flying by the seat of my pants, of course. And I was kind of figuring it out as, as I went along. But I was like, do you know, this is when people were just starting to build these online communities. And it was such a new thing. Like, do I put myself out there? Do I let people know it's me? People started thinking it was a teenager that was running this this website. <laughs> you kind of look like a teenager, no offense, but uh, got good genes. Um, so I look young for my age, which I'm fine with that. But over time, it's like, you know, I want people to know that I'm the person behind it. I want to put my name, my face, my bio out there. And it can feel risky doing that because, you know, you're out there now everybody knows and you can get a lot of criticism. And over the years running my music community, I got lots of criticism because one thing, a big lesson I learned is you can't make everybody happy all the time. And so no. it happens. But, you know, it's, it's, it's OK, though. It's, it's good to put yourself out there. You know, another thing that I want to mention in all of this, that even if your followers are your perfect customer, and many times they are, are they clear on how to work with you? And, you know, so here for years on my music community, nobody knew who was the person behind it, which was a mistake looking back on how I approached it. I quickly fixed it and and uh, never looked back. But, you know, there was a time where I don't think my website really reflected very clearly who I was and what I did. I don't think people were clear on how to work with me. And you really want to listen to your community, listen to your audience, because many times they'll tell you, they'll say, hey, I look at your website and I don't get it. You know, if, if people are saying things like that to you, it's really important to take a hard look at how you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's so important. And I think that one of the things that you can do, which is our next item, which is our third item, is are you demonstrating your expertise? Yes, for sure. And that's really, really important. It's not just a one-time thing either. You need to be clear about what you offer and to whom. This way, your friends or your tribe 
can recommend you. That's a really important part of that. They have to understand what you do. For example, think of people you know that have an online presence. You may like lots of these people, but which of them would you recommend to a friend asking for help in their area of expertise? That's a really good question. It really is. It really gets you thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And you can think about that for yourself. Like, what would your friends say you do? Yeah. You might even ask them, what do you, what do you think I do? <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of cool to ask. All right, everybody listening. What do you think I do? What do you think Kimmy does? And then tell us. That'd be, actually, it'd be kind of cool to, to Yeah, absolutely. To I'm, sure, I'm sure we have a long way to go on this too, by the way. We're coming from like maybe a little bit of expertise as far as years. But the truth is, is that we aren't even great at this. And we're going to demonstrate that to you in a minute. So clarity and demonstrated expertise is more important than, you know, just having friends. It's so important. So demonstrate your expertise. Make sure you're doing that on a regular basis. Tell people what you're doing. Explain your what you do for a living to your friends, to your neighbors, to whoever will listen. Because in that way, they can then refer people to you. It's really important, right? Exactly. Oh, for sure. And something else to think about. They probably aren't paying attention to you. Now, we always think they are, right? Because, you know, we're out there putting ourselves out there. We're marketing ourselves. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are paying attention. Most of the time, they are not, okay? You have to invite them personally because we think, oh, we're tweeting, we're posting on Facebook, we're doing Instagram stories, and that's enough. And no, it is not enough. You know, who's following you on these platforms? Are they even the right people? You know, are you hitting up the right places? And also, are they even seeing it? I mean, we we didn't talk about this in the notes, but what about, you know, the fact that Facebook, Instagram, they're not showing all your messages to all your followers, right? It's on an algorithm. There's an algorithm issue here, too, that I think, you know, we need to like think about, like, how do you manage that algorithm? And what do you do? And so one of the here's an example, a really good one, actually. So we've been doing communities that convert, as you guys know, that are loyal listeners. Thank you very much. We had our 100th episode last week or two weeks ago now. And that 100th episode, some of our friends joined in during our live stream for that. And they said that they were thrilled to learn that we had a podcast. (laughs) Right. They're like, oh, you have a podcast. It's like, hey, they didn't know that we've been podcasting for two years. (laughs) It was embarrassing in some ways. But on the other hand, it wasn't. And how that happened, I did something a little different this time. So when I put out the live stream, because usually, you know, I post about it on Twitter, I post about it on Facebook, I post about it on Instagram, I post about it in my stories. And you know, you do too. So we, we send out the podcast to the four corners of the world. And what I usually do for social media breakfast is every month I put together a Facebook event. And that's a live event, of course, it's a live stream and a live event. And so I invite people to that event. Now, part of that is that I have to be personal friends with these people in order to do it. And so I've chosen to make Facebook more of a business thing. As far as like the people, I'll I'll accept people who are business connections as well as my friends from high school. And so everybody kind of mixes in my Facebook. But I've over the years turned them into a list. So I have like a Houston list of everybody that, you know, has come to social media breakfast or, or I think would be interested. And then I send out the invitation to all those people. So I did that for our live stream, our 100th live stream. I put together an event and I invited, I don't know, 200 or so people to the live stream. That's very smart. I saw that you did that and it just didn't even like click with me like, oh, I should have done that too, because it's a great idea. And actually, you can do that if you're doing it with a partner. 
after they put the event live, you can just, there's a little share button. It says share and it gives you an, a screen to share it with your friends. And you can type in the people you think would be the right people. Or if you have a list, you can pull that down and pull it through there. So I'm just, you know, I think it's one of the things that I've just learned how to do over the years. And it has absolutely kept me on top of that algorithm for years. <laughs> I mean, no matter when it changes, those personal invitations don't change. They get them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was super smart of you. Yeah. So thank you. And and, 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 you- and the result was, Cami, is that we had some people come to our live stream celebrating 100 episodes. And yeah. I saw two of your friends in there both made the comment about, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. Okay. And, and, and they both signed up for our Facebook group for the podcast. So and they also um, signed up for the monthly, the, the weekly email for the podcast. So, so they are all awesome. now getting it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something to remember. And it's something we also learned just then like, oh, duh. You know, it's a tactic I've been using for years. I never used it for our podcast. And I wouldn't recommend you make an event for your podcast every week. That would be no. a really bad idea. We did this This was once. a special event. A, you know, yeah. how often do we celebrate 100 episodes? So it was a special event. And that was a great way of utilizing that to get people to notice and pay attention. So I love mm-hmm. that. It's a great example but if we, there. But if we do any live training, we'll do that again. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So our final thing was that if you put this all together... We've talked about so far three different things or four. Let me read them down for you so we're clear where we're at. Your peers usually aren't your customer. That's number one. Number two, popularity or likability doesn't pay your bills. Number three, are you demonstrating your expertise? Do people know what you do? Number four, they're probably not paying attention to you. So, you know, get creative. And this is number five, which kind of brings it all together. You need a clear marketing plan. I think this is so, so important. You need a marketing plan. And we actually talked about this in episode 72, where we shared our quick start worksheet for your online community. We would like to offer that again in this episode. We're going to have it in our show notes. Why don't you tell them where to find that? Yeah, if you go over to communitiesatconvert.com slash episode 72, that'll take you right to it. And uh, you definitely want to check out this worksheet because it's super helpful. So it's a quick start worksheet. It tells you how to start your online community and gives you a plan. And you may already have an online community, but it will also help you to make a plan for the future as you're going forward. So it's going to help you to be clear on who you're trying to reach and how you're going to do that, what tactics you're going to use, what strategies. It really helps to keep the goal in mind and not get stuck going down a rabbit hole of fear of criticism, right? From someone who isn't your ideal customer. And that's really the key. Don't let fear stop you. And I think we all do that so much. So this this is part of it too, is that fear, get over it with a plan, right? I love that. Yes, for sure. And also, if you are getting criticism from an ideal customer, consider it a gift. I'm going to give you an example. So I have resisted like crazy on putting together a funnel with emails and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't like to bug people via email. It was a fear of mine that I would upset somebody with lots of emails. And so I finally put together a funnel around my new Smart Social Secrets course, uh, smartsocialsecrets.com. And I gave people a content, how to make six months of content in two hours, which we use for this podcast. It's, it's a tried and true plan that I have. And I send them that first email. And then I would send them an email each day during that first week to help them implement that. Well, and I was real clear I was going to do that. But I got a few people that came back to me and said, hey, that was too many emails too fast. Like, you should send those out one a week or something like that. And, you know, at first it kind of upset me. I was like, oh my gosh, my fear came to life. <laughs> People don't like <laughs> right. that. 
that I sent them too many emails, which was my whole fear. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll just space them out to three days instead of one. Maybe they just didn't have enough time to do it. And some people in my field, for sure, in public relations are a lot more sensitive to email than maybe in other you know, fields. But that's a gift because now I know that I need to space them out a little bit. Exactly. But, so but you, I think but you're right, though. I think people you. have yeah. people do have a very legitimate fear of doing a sales funnel, sending out multiple emails. You know, I do too, you, because you don't want that criticism. But I think you're so right that that criticism can be a gift. It, it can really help you navigate as to what is the perfect number for you to do and how to best space it out, like how to get it just right. Yeah, but I could have kept living in fear and not putting that funnel out there exactly, and just worrying about like how many should I send and how often I can mean, I could have thought about that for another year. You know, I could have, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's easy to do that. So yeah, but I'm glad that you did it. You went for it and you got some very helpful feedback. Yeah, it was great. And so, you know, my take on this when you need a clear marketing plan, I just want to say, don't play a numbers game, you know, trying to hit up as many people as possible in your marketing. Too many people do this. And I don't know what book they bought or what webinar they went to that said to do this because it's just not good marketing practices. And on the flip side of that, you know, when you are hitting up people, you are communicating with people, it's really important to reply to all of the responses you get from your marketing efforts. So this example that I want to point out, there was this popular marketer who had recently sent me a DM on Twitter inviting me to listen to his podcast and download his freebie. It was not personalized. You know, so that immediately told me this was a numbers game, right? Like listen this to as many people as possible, hoping to get some buyers. That's how these numbers games work. You know, they're not really looking at it as the people they're sending it to is a number. They're saying, you know, let me just send it out to 100 people. And if I'm lucky, one person will become a prospect and buy from me. So this was a generic message that did not resonate with me at all. He wasn't talking to me as a peer. He and I are peers. And he wasn't talking to me that way. He was talking to me as if I was a prospect, hoping I would end up in a sales funnel. And it was a real turnoff. So I replied back to his message and uh, sent him a DM right back and got nothing, nothing, no response, nothing. And I just want to say this is not a good way to do your marketing. I definitely advise not going down this path. What, right. What and think, that, and what, I totally agree with you. And it's not just this one person. I mean, it happens a lot. So it does happen just a lot. An example. So that's why we're not naming names because it's, it's just something that I think it's an, a mistake that a lot of people make when they're getting into this game because it's just something that can happen. But again, going back to the beginning, your peers are not necessarily your customer. You know, so you right. have to think about these people as different. And I was having a conversation with someone at my social media breakfast the other week. And we were talking about this very thing. And he talked about, you know, your your tribe are your friends and your community is your um, prospects. You know, those are the people that are your maybe potential customers. And you have to talk to them differently. I mean, you can call them whatever you want. I love the idea that one was a tribe and one was a community. To me, that was cool. I was like, yeah, I can I can kind of see that. And that's sort of the seed of the idea for this episode. But the bottom line is that you have to talk to people on the level that they are with you. If they're your peer, you need to be talking about how you can work together and what can you help them do and how can you be helpful to their their mission. And you can then share what your mission is. And even with your customer, you need to think about what's in it for them at all times. You know, it's it's like this thing might be helpful to you. Well, that's maybe helpful to me you're making an assumption that that's helpful to me, but you don't know that that's helpful to me until you actually start talking to your customers. So I do think one of the things that you can do instead of these DMs is 
to have conversations with your customer. I know that we have a really good episode with Tyler McCall about this very issue. He does this very well in Instagram. We will put a link to that episode here in this in the show notes for this episode. He talks a lot about how he uses the DM function in an appropriate way in Instagram. And a lot of what he's doing is he's having them come to him with their questions. And then he's answering their questions. And you can kind of see that. So in the stories you can, and in, in, even in Facebook, in Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, if you're asking people to connect with you, that's the way to do it. And one of the things that we did in our um, 100th episode is I asked people if they wanted um, my content, because I talked to him a little bit about my content, you know, six months of content in two hours. Um, if they wanted that to DM me, you know, to DM me in Facebook or in Twitter or in Instagram. And I'll say that to you guys too. If you want that, if you think that sounds really interesting, DM me and I'll have a conversation with you about it and I'll send you a link to it. So that was really the cool thing is that you can ask people to connect with you. So I would say Tyler's episode is really, really important for that. What do you think? It's so good. That's episode number 68. Highly recommend it. Uh, in that one, it was called Strategies for Staying Connected Through Social Media. He shared amazing things he's doing with staying connected to people in his community. And his stuff works. I remember you and I, after we interviewed him, we're like, oh my God, these are such great tips, great advice. So this guy knows what he's talking about. So I definitely recommend checking that. We'll have the link in the show notes, but that's episode number 68. And these five things that we're talking about today, you know, these are such great examples of why it's incredibly important to have a plan in place and follow it. Because, you know, this is something I, I've heard this from several people. I know Pat Flynn has said this on occasions and a few other, I think Ramit Sethi has said it, what got you here won't get you there. And so you've got to be, you know, working your plan with your marketing, showing off your expertise and always be looking for creative ways to get your message heard. So important. Yeah, it really is. So we have a call to action like we always do, right? Because we love action takers. Um, yeah, we do. And so I told you back in episode 72, we shared a quick start plan. I'm going to share that again in this episode. We would really recommend that you download this quick start plan to start building your online community or to build upon what you already have. It's a really great step-by-step -step method to put together a plan, a simple plan that talks about who exactly you're trying to reach. It's going to help you to really focus on the right people and to keep going even when you're having that nagging fear, you know, like, oh, I have this fear. Put it out there, make adjustments. I did that too. So then you can also listen to episode 72 if you want a little more instruction on how to use the quick start plan. But you don't even need that. You can just download it and get started. It's pretty straightforward. So we're going to have that at communitiesthatconvert.com forward slash episode 102, right? Yep, for sure. Okay, so that's your call to action. So we want you to do that. And then come share with us in the community, if you will, or if you want to tweet us or Instagram us, anywhere that you want to get in touch with us. We watch our DMs. We watch our inboxes. We so sure do. please come and talk to us wherever we are. I'm Cami Chat everywhere. And Madeline is Madeline Sklar. That's right. Yeah. Come chat with us. Yes, we'd love that. So that's all for this week. I hope this helped you guys in some way. Let yeah. us know. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at Cami Chat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. 
We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from the Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Thank you.